Welcome to the Antioch Word, a podcast for the Antioch College community. My name is Rachel Isaacson. I'm a co-host and Miller Fellow here at WYSO Public Radio Station. Today we'll hear from Bob Peters, class of 1966. I spoke to him in the YSO studios during the 2018 Antioch College reunion. In this interview, Bob Peters tells us what he finds to be the most interesting findings and theories in modern physics. Bob Peters graduated 1966 as a physics major. Actually, then I continued to get a PhD in physics and taught for five years and then went into satellite engineering. And I've been working at NASA for the last 18 years. You've been working at NASA? Yeah, NASA got it. What got you interested in physics? To me, physics is the uh, most fundamental uh, of all the sciences. Uh, biology, chemistry is really based on physics. And um, the whole what is matter, what is, uh, and, and now it's getting into the astronomy of how did the universe begin, how will it end? A student astronomy wasn't terribly interesting to me. You were describing things you could see, but now with the Big Bang theory and uh, expansion of the universe, have you been interested in quantum physics? Oh, very interested, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, well, I remember talking to, I think it was Ollie Loud, yeah, it was, uh, when we were first learning physics. I said, you know, how do you deal with this? This makes no sense. So much of it goes against everything you, know, you thought you knew to be real. And he said, well, if it makes you feel any better, there were many recorded suicides of physicists who couldn't accept it. Wow. Yeah, entanglement. You know, Einstein used the, Einstein was really amazing in many ways, but he used the argument that quantum mechanics can't be right because of entanglement. Entanglement basically is saying if you generate two photons in opposite directions and you turn one of them, in its polarization, the other one will flip no matter where it is instantly. So what does that look like? Exactly? Well, that means you could presumably, have you ever watched Star Trek? Mm. No, okay. Well, one of the things in Star Trek is they communicate instantly across light years. Well, this in principle could allow you to do that. Um, and the Chinese have actually demonstrated entanglement going up to a satellite and coming down 900 kilometers away. But it makes sense that you could do something here and instantly something light years away would be affected. Yeah, this is blowing my mind now because I'm just thinking about things on Earth and thinking about things light years away that are impacted by... It could be, yeah. Right here in this room. Um, yeah, and there, there, there's... Uh, what what is interesting to me is that you in, you have to develop a new way of looking at something that be, and so it becomes intuitive, and quantum mechanics takes a while, but up until some recent discoveries, I thought I had it nailed in intuition. Now, what is intuition to you? Okay, my, my, when I was doing my thesis work, my brother asked me, who was about four years younger, my, my half-brother, what I was doing. And I could sort of, you know, general idea and waffled a bit. 
because I could do it mathematically. But three years later, we had the same discussion. And I could explain it in very non-mathematical, intuitive terms. And I realized that it was my understanding, my ability to um, internalize what was going on so it made sense in an intuitional way. If you really understand something, you should be able to explain it to a non-scientist. And if you can't, you don't really know it yourself. You haven't, or I call it internalized. I, when I was doing my thesis work, there was a theoretical physicist who came up with a theory. And uh, my thesis advisor asked him, well, how would you measure this? What, if, what effect would it have? And it basically was, I still remember, it was a whole the upper half of the complex plane. Uh, he had no idea. And so that's why he, he, I'm sure mathematically it was right, I couldn't follow it, but um, if he didn't know what his equations really meant, just he derived them, that he hasn't internalized them. But you, you, and it's not important for most people as long as they get the idea of what's happening. The and, theoretical part yeah. of it. Now, what, one other thing, I guess the most mind-boggling thing that I see in um, astronomy, the Big Bang Theory, is that the universe started, you'd think, okay, maybe it's the size of our sun, maybe, that's hard to believe, that, that led to billions of stars, each, billions of galaxies, each with billions of stars. And, you know, how, how, what, how big could it be, you know? And, well, not the size of the sun, not the size of my fingernail, not the size of the tip of your pen. Smaller? Smaller. Much, much smaller. And that's just, I, I can't I accept it, but it, it, it just blows my mind that less than the size of one atom is a current theory. The whole billions of stars in billions of galaxies, one atom. And science can't explain the how or why. It can explain what happens after you had that creation. Uh, there's no good theory that I've read that leads to that explanation of what started the Big Bang. And my philosophy, my thoughts on the universe when I, in college and subsequently was, okay, so now the universe is going to collapse again, expand again, and collapse again, and expand again. A group of astronomers now were looking at the speed of the stars at the edges of the galaxy and expecting them, even if they were moving, still expanding, the rate of expansion should be slowing due to gravity. Instead, they found it was that these stars are being pushed, everything's being pushed out by some force. Is this still that same force that started the Big Bang, do you think? Well, probably not, no, because it, when they look at the distribution of stars, and I'm not an expert on, but it looks like the expansion started about 5 billion years ago. The universe is, I think, 16 billion years old. So now what's going to happen to our universe is that everything's going to become further and further apart. And in something like 5 billion years, which we won't be here, no, probably no life, our sun will disappear. But people, any life, wouldn't be able to see other stars. They'd be too far away. As the stars die out, 
the universe dies a cold death. You think there's nothing behind that light? We'll never know. Yeah, because true. the time it takes light to reach us, <laughs> you know. Uh, but probably not. Now, there's theories. One of them, quantum mechanics says that, I'll give an example. You want to drive, you have a thousand drivers driving from Yellow Springs, Ohio to San Francisco. Each one could take a different route. And you could do a statistics of, you know, what, uh, what's the most probable time that the first car would arrive. Well, quantum mechanics is just that. Uh, the Feynman diagrams are that you, um, to go for electron, to go from one point to another point, it could be a thousand different routes. And what, to get the probability right, you add all of those routes times the probability of each route. That makes sense. That, yeah, but it's also kind of mind-boggling. So now there's a theory, expanding from that, that maybe there are a thousand different universes, and one universe is each path. Interesting thought. I don't think it's true, but uh, it's an interesting thought. Anyway, this is part of astronomy and physics that uh, is just fascinating to me. A different way of thinking than sociology or psychology. And Quantum is much more heavy into the social sciences. Than <laughs> yeah, I'm a political economic major. Oh, okay. I still had previous interests in physics and astronomy. Mm, especially today, it's just, it was mind-boggling. The problems you could get into. While I was at Antioch, a physicist at the University of Maryland thought he had detected gravitational waves. What you do is look for, you build a huge weight, and you look for it to move an atom with, and you have two of them. One in Australia, you had one in, in Maryland. And you look for, because there's noise, you look for coincidences that they both moved at the same time. And he discovered it, or he reported it, and then he found, or someone else went over his data, and found that he had corrected for the fact that he was on daylight savings time. And all of those coincidences were random. Now, I think a year ago, two years ago, they absolutely detected gravity waves, um, coincidences. Now I think they're up to like 13. It's basically when two black holes collide and things like that. that Did gold come out of something like that? Like there was, I saw oh. some... They think that all of our heavy atoms from the original Big Bang, when things cooled enough to have atoms, it was mostly hydrogen. And the matter that you and I have in our atoms came from stars that collapsed and then exploded. Yeah. Yeah. With stardust. <laughs> That was Bob Peters from the class of 1966. You are listening to the Antioch Word. You can find more podcasts like this on WISO.org and NPR One.